Welcome to the Weight Loss for Fertility podcast. When you're trying to get pregnant, whether naturally or with the help of a fertility doctor, weight loss can better your chances of success. I'm Dr. Stephanie Fine, and I help you do just that. Let's go. Hello, fabulous. I'm so happy you're here with me today. We are talking all things weight loss for fertility, and today we are tackling breakfast. Now, I was thinking about this. The reason I was thinking about this is because I end up talking to my clients about this all the time. We have so many misconceptions when it comes to breakfast, which is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, we have childhood conditioning, our work day timing, the like myths about breakfast. There's there are things that are actually very confusing. Um, so it's no wonder that it ends up being a little tricky. So we are going to talk about it here. A lo- what I've noticed is that when I get this dialed in with my clients, it makes the rest of the day a whole lot easier. Having a reliable breakfast or knowing what to do first, it calms our brain down. And when we do it right, it sets us up for the whole rest of the day. So it just breakfast is just one of those things that I think is super important. So That's what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to tell you my three tips for breakfast for sustainable weight loss. Okay, so that'll be the context of here. I will give them to you. We will talk about them and I will give them to you at the end. So you remember them. That is one of the ways that we remember things. We hear them, we hear some context, and then we hear them again. Okay, so that's what we're doing. Ready for breakfast. Number one, only eat it when you're hungry. Number two, Focus on protein. Number three, stop eating when you've had enough, when you're satisfied. Now, some of this may seem very familiar. And if you're familiar with the hunger scale, episode two, then the eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're satisfied is very familiar to you. I will say it's very counterintuitive for a lot of people when it comes to breakfast. But yes, we use the hunger scale at the first meal of the day. So that's that hint. And then the the other piece is the protein. I'm going to go into that a little more. Hunger scale is so important. That is how we know when we need fuel. That's how we know. Our body tells us. Our body is different than Sally down the street or Megan at work. Our body will tell us what we need. And so we listen to it. And remember, we're listening to it at negative two. So the hunger scale goes from negative five, which is empty, empty, so hungry, all the way to positive five, which is stuff, stuff beyond belief. We eat at negative two when you're hungry, not the smallest whiff of hunger, but hungry, but also not very hungry. And we stop at positive two, which is satisfied, had enough food, feel no longer hungry, that's positive two. So positive three is full. We do not eat till full. Okay, so that's just a recap of hunger scale. And that is the basics of breakfast. Okay, so now I'm going to go into it a little deeper. So we're eating breakfast only when we're hungry. If we're not hungry in the morning, guess what we're not doing? We're not eating. And I know what this is, sounds, it, this can sound so radical because we've heard we're supposed to, you know, as kids, I'm like, I'm sure our caregivers were like, you have to eat breakfast before you go to school. Because the idea is that the kids would be hungry 
you know, at some point in the school day before they had a chance to eat and they wouldn't be able to concentrate, all that sort of thing. I mean, nowadays they have nutrition pretty early. I don't know, my kid gets up so early that it's sometimes they're like, it's very hard to be hungry at six in the morning or 6.30 or whatever time it is. So I get it that we were conditioned to choke down pancakes when we weren't necessarily hungry. So we just have that in our mind. Also, that idea of I'm not going to have time to eat. Like if you're a teacher, as adults, we have more opportunity for ourselves. Um, We can make decisions. We have more autonomy. So we can figure out a way to eat. Some jobs still don't have that, but even then we can figure things out. So the timing of your work or job can play into it. And still, I'd want you to only eat when you're hungry, ideally. And if and if that's not possible, then as close as you can get to that. So that's some of the things about people eating, you know, in the morning before they leave, even if they're not hungry. But remember, we're not doing that. We're waiting until we're hungry. That idea that we don't have time otherwise, I just challenge it. You may be like, no, it's real fact. And then you get to figure out breakfast with, you'll hear the, the rest of the things I'm saying. But I, if you can have five minutes, then you can have a breakfast when you're hungry. Okay. It just requires you to sort of bring it with you or know where the food's coming from. And this also, this idea of breakfast, like no matter what, even if we're not hungry, can come from this idea that it's the most important meal of the day. Have you heard that? It's the most important meal of the day. So that is a marketing slogan from Kellogg in like the 1800s. And it stuck, right? (laughs) Now, here's what I'll say about that. I do think it's very important. Breaking the fast is very important. That's what breakfast is, right? Breaking the fast. So it is an important meal because you're hungry and you should have a meal. You should eat. So it's an important meal. It just doesn't have to be upon opening your eyeballs. So breakfast is important, but that doesn't mean it has to be at, you know, everyone has to eat at 7.30 in the morning. So the other thing about the most important meal of the day, I'll say, is this idea that it should be cereal, (laughs) which is what they were marketing. But we're going to move on to number two, which is focus on the protein. So cereal in general is not a great breakfast, in my opinion, and here's why. Things, especially American breakfasts, can be like a pastry in the morning, although certainly in Europe they do this too. So pastry and coffee or something like that. Pastries, cereal, that sort of thing are processed carbohydrates, usually flour and sugar. And what they do, the flour and the sugar are designed to hit our dopamine receptors real hard. And they do that because they are processed flour and sugar, meaning not in their natural, the way that you'd find them in nature. So, uh, you know, like a sugar cane, if you nod on it, there's tons of fiber in that. It's just, you wouldn't get as much sweetness as you can get in processed sugar. My point in saying that is that a big dose comes at you in processed food, and then your glucose will spike. When your glucose spikes, if everything's working properly, your insulin spikes too. And what it does then is it reduces the amount of glucose in your bloodstream. That's its job. 
and then you're hungry again pretty quickly. When you have that spike and then that the insulin spike as well, you get a crash. That's that crash that we talk about with sugar and flour. It's it's the processed food, especially unopposed. So if you just have a bagel, like no cream cheese, nothing, if you just have a croissant with no, nothing else, you are going to have a spike and you probably are going to be hungry really soon afterwards. And so that's why I do not recommend that kind of breakfast. The kind of breakfast that works really well for bodies is protein focused. So some sort of protein in the morning, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. So dairy, if you eat dairy, that's a great one to have. And eggs is amazing. I mean, these are fantastic things. You can have some sort of tofu scramble. You can also have, you know, if you're just doing vegan, you can do beans, that sort of thing. Leftovers the night from the night before. There's so many ways to get protein in there. Bacon, ham, you know, there's like, there's lots of different ways. But finding one that works for you in the time frame you have for when you get hungry is going to be key. Protein lasts longer in your stomach. It takes longer to break down and you feel fuller longer, satisfied longer. That is only a total plus for you so that you can get through the morning. Now, that's the other thing is that breakfast was not supposed to be, you know, they, they, there's another saying of like throughout the day, you have energy for throughout the day. Okay. Breakfast is not supposed to be one meal for the whole day. It's, it gets you through to lunch. That's all we needed to do. And if you do that with protein, you can have a meal, a right-sized meal that will last you until lunch, which is perfect. So protein-focused. I love to do all my meals protein-focused, but breakfast especially. And the reason especially is because we are so trained to not do that. We're so trained to you know, have like cereal or some sort of carby thing. And really changing that to something with protein will set you up really well because you'll be eating when you're hungry, you're going to stop when you're satisfied, and you're going to be satisfied for a while. You're going to be able to focus, you're going to be able to do what you need to do until it's time that you're hungry again. Okay? So that's the protein part. That's number two. And eating to satisfied, of course, is the other part of the hunger scale. So plus two. There's this saying, another saying, there's a couple breakfast sayings, you know, the most important meal of the day. And this other one is eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. Now, there's some interesting idea there, <laughs> but I don't recommend eating the hugest breakfast in the world. We're just eating to plus two as we do with all our meals. So whatever your plus two is, that's what you're eating. You're focusing on protein. So then you're you're eating until plus two, you're done. So there's that's the part I don't like about this saying in terms of how much food. If a king, now really what we could think of is that a king can afford uh, pro, good protein. <laughs> so maybe that's it. But the, But the idea in my American brain of consumption is eat a huge meal for for breakfast, a medium-sized meal for lunch, and a small meal for dinner. The correction there is that it's not necessarily a huge meal for breakfast. It's protein and it's until satisfied. So that's that third piece that I said, eat until satisfied. That's what we're doing with breakfast. Now, this got me down a little bit of a rabbit hole when I was doing some research into this. And the idea of the dinner like a popper, that part is really true. Now, remember here, we're always doing hunger scale. So we're always eating to plus two. 
that can look like a pauper compared to what we often do. So often we don't eat like this. We may skip breakfast even though we're hungry and then work through lunch or have a coffee drink and then we're really too hungry for dinner. And so then it's the opposite of this. We're, we're eating like a pauper for breakfast and lunch and then we're eating like a king for dinner. That is problematic on very many levels, some of which are just physical, right? So when we are way too hungry, we eat way too much. So we've now overeaten at dinner. That can set us up for a lot of physical issues with sleep and a discomfort and all the rest of that stuff. So there's that. The other part about eating too much at dinner is that's how we gain weight. That's how we gain weight. Now, there's actually a couple ways. One is you eat a lot more calories than your body needs. It's very hard to eat to positive two if you're at negative four. What often happens is you'll eat to positive four. So that's one of the reasons we eat. We start eating at negative two, so it's relatively easy to stop at plus two. If we're over hungry, we will overeat. So that just sets you up. But the other thing is this chronobiology. It's circadian rhythms. I think I've talked about this before, but there's a bunch of research out there about this. But it also really comes to mind when we talk about fasting. And fasting, I believe I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but the studies that show the benefits of fasting show them from Seven eating from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and then not eating afterwards. Now, so many interesting things about that. The people who ate at 3 p.m. did not go to bed at 5 p.m. They went to bed at like 10 p.m., like normal time, and they were not hungry the rest of the evening. And this chronobiology would, and circadian rhythms has us really in tuned with light, and so there's all these things, you know, like making sure you get light in the morning so that you're awake and then and then having the light go down at the end so that you get good sleep, your, your rhythms are on. Well, it looks like we also metabolize food differently. So it's not the digesting, it's metabolizing it potentially differently in so much as we actually have different calorie usages if we eat bigger meals in the day than in the night. So some studies have shown that if you eat the same amount of calories in a day, but you eat them in the earlier part of the day rather than the night, you actually lose weight where you don't if you eat the majority of the calories at dinner time. There really is something to your circadian rhythm and light with how we eat. And they've shown this too with blood glucose levels. So if someone, they have done studies to show that if someone's getting a consistent level of a drip of glucose, so they're not eating anything, they're just getting their glucose through a IV drip. And the body handles it just fine up until around five or eight o'clock looks like the magic time when the glucose now cannot be cleared as easily. So you have higher glucose numbers in the blood even though nothing has increased, it's been the same amount of glucose going into your bloodstream. So it looks like we're, we're better able to handle our food and glucose in the day rather than in the night. So it's generally better to eat earlier than later. Now, 
I go by hunger, right? So whenever you're hungry, but you may notice that you're really hungry at four. My argument would be to eat then. I know that sometimes that's hard to swallow because you, I don't get home until seven. And I'm like, what can I tell you? <laughs> if weight is an issue, some of it may be getting more in tune with this, with your hunger scale, with how your hunger is, and with sort of circadian rhythm chronobiology. It's a factor in there you may want to take into consideration. You may not. You may be like, look, it's more important to me to eat when I get home. Okay. But this is something to think about. So I just like that little piece of information. It's it's a known thing in weight loss in terms of when people were studying fasting and and how people metabolize things. Okay. What do you think? We have the three tips for breakfast for sustainable weight loss. Eat only when you're hungry. Focus on the protein. And stop eating when you're satisfied. Those are the three tips that are going to get you the most energy, feel satisfied the longest, and have you losing weight. Because you aren't having extra calories that you're sort of forcing yourself to have if you're not hungry in the morning. So full permission, if you're not hungry in the morning, you don't have to eat breakfast. Now, you do have to eat when you are hungry though. <laughs> so that does, it's just because I'm saying that doesn't mean the skipping breakfast thing is only an issue if you're hungry and skipping breakfast. Do not recommend that. If you're not hungry, then you're really not skipping breakfast. You eat breakfast whenever you're hungry, whatever time that is. So you are having breakfast. It's just later, not earlier in the morning. And a note about coffee. So coffee is totally fine. And there are some benefits to it potentially. And people love it. So all's well. Coffee with any sort of sugar, even fake sugar, um, or any sort of creamer, milk, anything, will break a fast. So if you're fasting, just that's for your information, black coffee or tea will not. And caffeine is an appetite suppressant. So it does, if you have coffee first thing in the morning, you may not be hungry for breakfast, not because you wouldn't be hungry, but because now you have an appetite suppressant on board. I'm, I've gone all ways on that one. <laughs> and if it's just something that you love to have, then you'll notice that waiting, you'll wait till you get hungry and then, you know, see how, see when that is. And, and just keep an eye out that you don't get over hungry. So what I wouldn't want you to do is that you're hungry, you hide it with caffeine, and then by the time the caffeine lifts, you're so hungry. If that's the case, you'd have to play with it a little bit because remember, if you get over hungry, you'll overeat. So just something to look for. If you ever did want to figure out how to fast, the the way to do to do that is to have black coffee, if you have coffee in the morning, otherwise you don't have anything, and then you won't break the fast until you actually have breakfast. If you have questions about that, I can do a whole episode on it. You can always reach me at stephaniefinemd on Instagram or stephaniefinemd.com. You can always contact me there. I just think you're fantastic. I, what do you have for breakfast? What's your breakfast like? 
Once you dial in your breakfast, it just feels easier to do the rest of the day. And it gives you a great practice point for your hunger scale. So have a great breakfast whenever you're hungry. Have it be protein-based and see how the rest of your day goes. I'll bet you'd be surprised, but definitely let me know. Sending you lots of love. If you follow, share, rate, and review this podcast, you'll be helping it reach others just like you and making their journey with weight loss and fertility just a bit easier. Lighten their load. Share in your groups and social media. Thank you, fabulous. Fabulous.